There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Holly And I am Laura McCowan. And this is Holly Podcast. And so we would begin. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hey, how are you? I am doing good. Flyer. <laughs> you know that? Like, it's so weird. I really, truly feel like um, my roughest days are reserved for podcast days. I don't know. I know. <laughs> you really, I mean, like, I, I swear my life is not like one big, I'm okay. It's yeah. Like, schmoop fest, but like, um, it's really funny. I have, um, right before we record, for some reason, I always have really. Um, oh my God, that's really true. That's you know so that? funny. Yeah. So maybe we just stop recording podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's one way we could go. Uh, it's like, it's like you, a it's like a full moon every time. Like it is. Podcast. Well, it is but yeah. um yeah. So I am, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm having like I'm just I'm I'm having, you know, I'm just gonna be really honest. I'm having one of those days where it's just really hard. It is just like like the, what did you post yesterday? It hurts to become. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really all I can say is it hurts to become. And, you know, it's been one of those days where I just, I'm, I'm in pain and I spent my day, you know, I woke up at 4.15. I, you know, did my, I read Course in Miracles. I journaled. I did my Kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. I did vinyasa yoga. I wrote. I ate healthy. I came home. I did more yoga. And I just, you know, took a bath with five tons of Epsom salts. And, you know, honoring where I'm at as I'm going through it, but still at the same time, just recognizing that some days are just really, really hard. And, um, Right. Sometimes you throw all the all the tools at it and it stays stuck and but usually you know don't you think usually after it's usually lifts pretty quickly after you reach a really painful point and at least in I think you I think that's true for you too and at least the Very time true. I've known you. Yeah. Yeah, it usually I mean it's it's kind of one of those things where I'm in it it's just uh but, you know, whenever I come out of it or I've gone through it, um, the burn, it's just like burn. It's it, like all, it, you know, there's, I don't know if you are familiar with Patanjali's um, yoga sutras, but there's, there's the idea of Kriya, there's the, the idea of Kriya yoga, which is you, you go through the burn, right? Like tapas, mm -hmm. the burn of the change. And um, I'm going through just some, you know, phenomenal changes right now. And it burns like that's, I guess, all I can really say. And so I know that if it's burning, it means I'm burning something off. Right. And um, I was doing, um, I was doing a Kriya today, a, a Kundalini Yoga Kriya. And right as I, I kind of dropped for a little bit and just, I, you know, I have those moments where I'm just like, like, oh God, really? And, um, <laughs> and then Kia Miller, who I take my yoga classes from online, just said, if it, she was just like, this is the burn, you're burning off karma. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm burning off karma, you know, and just like, <laughs> serious yes. fucking karma. But um, <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? How well, wait, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's wondering, and you don't have to say, but I have to ask because 
thinking about someone listening to this and going, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, what is she, what, like, what are you talking about? What are you upset about? What is, and you don't have to say any details, but. Well, I mean, I'm not really, I've been honest about this. Like, I just, my, like, I, you know, everything in my life feels really good. My business feels good. My, um, my yoga practice feels good. My friendships are good. My family is good. You know, everything except, um, relationships with men, they're just extremely tough for me. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is where my stuff comes up. And I just, you know, I just, and also come on. I mean, like I just came back from 40 days in Rome, which was just like a fairy tale. And, um, but I just, I had an experience. I, I had a couple experiences there, really intense experiences with, with two different men and both of those were like one of them specifically was just really painful and then I came right back and I got into my old dynamic with that angel that I <laughs> <laughs> have written about extensively and anyway it's just it's it's really it's men relationships I I lose it I lose it mm-hmm. I really do I go I travel far from my center and, um, and I'm learning, um, like we were just discussing, I'm learning, but it's like this, it's like the slowest, longest lesson. Um, I have yes. Time ever. takes epic time. Time takes time, time, time and then time takes epic amounts of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying, you know, I'm going through it. I'm doing what I can. I'm accepting where I'm at. Like we just discussed, like I just, I am, I'm accepting where I'm at and I'm, I'm kind to myself and I'm proud of myself or I'm proud of myself, you know, and I'm keeping like the main thing we were just talking about before we started recording is, as I'm going through this, I'm really working on keeping my heart open. Like it just, Mm -hmm. I can so feel it wanting to snap shut and I can so feel it wanting to just say, nope, not now. And, um, but I'm not doing that. I'm just allowing, you know, I'm not closing off and creating more scar tissue. I'm actually allowing it to just work itself out so it's hard it's hard and it is it's embarrassing like I'm 37 years old and I know like if I were coaching myself I would say like get that talk out but it just feels it feels embarrassing it feels painful it feels heavy but the thing is and you know this is like you are learning lessons so you can also teach them like you you know I um when I was hearing you talk earlier, I was thinking, you know, you need, you are learning this so that you can have the utmost compassion for everybody who goes through it because it's, it is painful. Like, and that's why I asked you specifically what you're dealing with, because I know, you know, a lot of sisters and brothers can relate to, I mean, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate. I think everybody, you know, the, what is the, in you pray love, I think she says she went, she goes to this, um, it's not her like the main, not Katu, the main like teacher in Indonesia, but some other um, guru who was like, you know, has talked to people in prisons and people who are refugee, you know, have been in refugee camps and had lost their entire families. And she wanted to ask a question about her past relationship and she felt so stupid about it because she's like seriously this is you know this is what I'm worried about and the woman was like oh please honey like in all the history of the world there have only been two questions that people have ever asked and it's how much how much do you love me and who's in charge (laughs) and that's you know the beginning and the end of all the wars all the the existential pain and it doesn't change so yeah I know you feel stupid but it's, 
you know, it's your, it's humanity. It's what we do. And, um, yeah, you just stay open, my love. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying and I'm doing my goddamn best. Um, but today is one of those days where I would like to throw in the towel and (laughs) take the easy pass. Mm -hmm. Um, and go back to Rome or do, I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, how are you doing? Let's check in with you. How are you doing before we jump into this epic episode? I know. I'm good. I, um, um, I'm pretty tired, but good. I went to a wedding this weekend and I, well, I mean, it was, it was, it was a beautiful wedding, like really beautiful. It was on Nantucket, which is this gorgeous island, um, right off the off of Massachusetts, off the Cape, and it was it's like Disneyland for um, adults, especially adults who drink. Like I, it was one of my favorite places to party. I remember the first time arriving on the ferry there, and we were in our twenties, and we went for this weekend called Figawi Weekend, which is a sailing race from Hyannis to Nantucket, and it's seriously three days of like blackout drinking which was my, my favorite. Like there is no, <laughs> nobody's judging. There is no, you know, we're just all on the same mission and it was fun. You know, it was really fun. But, and I did that for years and I don't think I've been there for, I haven't been there for many, many years. And so I don't know why I didn't think this is going to be challenging, but, um, but I didn't. And I was, you know, it's always the ones that take you by surprise that, you know, and it, it never seems to be what I think, like the things I think are going to be hard or sometimes not, you know, sometimes not hard and the things I don't expect, you know, hit me over the head. And we were, were at this wedding and it was um, a, in this house, this beautiful big house and, you know, out, weddings, like weddings, people drink. It's, yeah. it was an all day drinking affair and man, I was tweaked. I, and it, it was like, um, not a... It wasn't a, oh my God, I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink. But although I did have some pretty funny thoughts, I was like, I could, you know, of like, I could, I could totally like grab a drink and go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately yeah. laugh at myself because then like, that would suck. Like yeah. what then, you know, like that would suck. Cause I, w- you know, th- that would suck. So yeah. those, those thought processes are luckily short lived because I can flash forward to the anxiety that I would have. But the, you know, that just left me feeling really uncomfortable. And I don't feel that way all that often. Um, I haven't for a while. And it was just, it was like a marathon. It was an endurance ride. And I didn't know anybody. So it's not like I could just grab, you know, I could ha- just get slip into conversation. Um, it, it was just, it felt like a lot. And a at lot. the same time, yeah, at the same time, I I did have a good time in parts that, you know, and I, I was just very, very humbled by the whole experience and feeling like I know, you know, I, I know, I, I know my limits. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. And I, you know, I, I am glad for the one day at a time thing because man, that night when I got home, I was like, yeah, I earned my stripes today. I got home at two in the morning and it was just like, some days are a lot, you know? Yeah. So, and I wrote about it, um, like on yesterday and apparently a lot of people, um, 
identified because it's like there was a lot of response and I was laughing because I was like that was just some internet vomit I was, or some Instagram, Instagram vomit vomit I told you and you're like no that was great I'm like really, really I great. I really just vomited that because it was like me purging the entire weekend but anyway I am still on the heels of an emotional hangover from that but luckily you know life just keeps going like I got my daughter my daughter came back yesterday and went to work today and yada yada it just keeps going I went to a meeting yeah. today and that helped and tonight we are talking about or doing our second episode of steps yeah steps four five and six right some would say the big doozies the big the big ones so a lot of the work gets done yeah so I'm excited and let's this is a long intro but I feel like it was a good one nice it's good um okay so yeah let's start um I uh, I want you to go first okay um Let's do, let's just continue on, um, the same way we had done it before, which was, I would read the step and then I'd ask the question and then you go first and then I'll, 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 I'll respond. Does that feel right? Okay. All right. So we are starting with step four. And, Mm -hmm. um, if you guys aren't familiar with the other steps episode that we did steps one, two, and three, three, um, Laura and I are basically taking all 12 steps over a four-part series um, spread out over time um, to really dive in and look at um, each of us basically kind of um, break down what the steps mean to us and how we interpret them um, step by step. And so the questions that I'm going to be, the questions that each of us are going to explore um, for each step are first, how do we interpret it? Second, did we do it? Third, what was it like? What was our experience if we did do it? And fourth, um, do we think it's necessary and how do we feel about it? And to, to be clear, I have, I have never formally worked the steps, nor do I intend to. Uh, Laura uh, is in the middle of working the steps. Um, intends to. Right. And why are we, and just in case someone didn't hear the first um, part of this, why, why are we doing this? Well, (sighs) I think because it would be ridiculous not to, first of all, but I also think um, for me, for me, I really never, you know, I I mean, I, I gave a very long um, explanation about this last time, but very quickly, um, because you really can't explore addiction recovery without, without tripping over the steps, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, almost every step of the way and, and social encounters and recovery encounters. I mean, that is what the modality is. It's, it's an AA based 12 step based recovery, um, 90% of of programs, over 90% of programs are 12 step based and even programs that are not AA programs like at refuge recovery or, um, why, why 12 SR or, um, uh, I mean, pretty much every single recovery modality that's out there has some, has, has some sort of basis in the 12 steps. So it's, it's kind of like you can't not. And, um, for me, I, I never really was familiar with the steps, never, you know, never ever spent time with them, uh, until, uh, recently. But the funny thing is that, uh, even though I never formally worked the steps, my experience, a lot of the work that I had done, 
as very similar to the right. work that's suggested in the in the twelve steps. And so um, for me, it's um, it's kind of you know what I hope to do is I really really hope for people that are um, very uh, I guess turned off by AA and turned off by the idea of 12 steps. Um, I really hope to make this accessible for people to, um, to be able to realize that no matter how you work your recovery, there's some, there is some, I would say there is some common threads throughout, throughout, throughout this, you know, whether it's you're working a 12 step program or you're doing your own modality, there are some very common themes that, are important in um, in how what I'm, how help me with this help me yeah no I think that I think that we're just we we really wanted to we've had very different experiences of getting sober right yeah, yeah. you yours did not include AA twelve steps mine has and but yet because we're so close and we're friends and we have very much walked this path together we also realize there's so much in common that we have and that there's this big, um, there's oftentimes this big divide or debate about, you know, AA versus not AA and like that you have, it has to be polarized. And I think what we wanted to do is like break that down to talk about what, what the steps really deal with and our own experience of them. Because in that conversation, there's going to be a lot of our own personal story. There's going to be a lot of um, insight into, you know, why things worked or why they didn't. And I think it's just a, it's an important conversation that we wanted to have for ourselves and then to, for other people, it, what it is not, what we definitely didn't want to do and have no interest in doing is like an AA debate of, you know, how effective it is or not, or yes, no. Like, I think we just, overall, our whole entire mission with this is to just bring conversations out into the light around addiction and recovery. And, this is one of those that seems, you know, because AA is Alcoholics Anonymous, it is, um, there's a degree of anonymity to it. But that said, talking about the steps, I mean, anybody can go buy a big book. Anybody can go look up the steps online. You know, it's not, those are not a secret. Um, And, you know, I'm never giving away anyone else's anonymity. What the fuck? Why can't I say okay. that? Anonymity. Yeah, okay. But I'm, I am, you know, I'm open to talking about mine. So I think that's why, you know, we yeah. wanted to have this conversation and we broke it down into three steps because each one is a lot, to, three steps per episode. Oh, we're already like into, I mean, we're already right now, I think it's like a half hour in. It's going to be a long episode. So, um, but no, I think that's great. I mean, the idea is just really to, um, to create more of a cohesive, like, you know, rather than divide is really to provide, um, you know, just again, a much more, um, Oh my God, words failing me. Anyway, let's go ahead and start. So let's start with step four. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to ask you the questions. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Okay. So that's the fourth step. Mm -hmm. And the first question is, how do you interpret this? Yeah. So I interpret this as, um, starting to un, starting to deal with the co- like the causes and conditions of of why we drank and the, the the things underneath you know this is this is step isn't about drinking it's about 
the things that we have either buried because of drinking or have uh, done as a result of being an active addiction um, that we need to work through, bring to light. So it's the first part where, you know, start telling the truth about the things that you did um, that caused you or someone else pain and to, you know, taking accountability. I think this is the biggest part of this step is taking accountability for your part in, in what you did. You know, this is not like not to make you feel worse or shamed, but to start to take accountability for what it is and to list the things out so you can start to like metabolize them. And then, um, yeah, I, I think that's how I interpret it is, you know, looking at the, the reality of how we've lived our lives and, you know, good, bad, and different, and, you know, without judgment, just sort of laying down the facts and saying, this is, this is what happened. And this was my part. Yeah. I'm okay. And so the second question is, did you do it? I haven't yet. I am, I had started the steps a couple times. Um, and once when I was, you know, when I first got into the program and I, and I just wasn't, there was no way I was ready. I had a couple false starts. And then my second sponsor said, just wait, you know, give it, wait till you're ready. It could be a year. It could be two years. Just wait. Um, and I, and so I waited and I've just started in the past few weeks working, um, working with a sponsor to go through them. And, you know, I think it's the right time. So no, I have not done step four. Okay. And it really quick, I mean, just like not related to step four, but just the steps in general. I mean, I recently had a, a client that started to work the steps and she was maybe like 90 days sober um, mm -hmm. and she's, uh, she's starting to go through it with, with the sponsor. I mean, is there like, I'm just curious, is there a specific amount of time? Like, is it just like based on no. how ready you are? Yeah, there's no time. I mean, so and it depends depends on who you're, you know, working with as a sponsor. Like some people will say, you know, start right away. There's no reason to wait. And some people say start when you're ready. I think it's it's the readiness of the person. Okay, cool. So the next question would be, what was it like? What's your experience? But you haven't worked it yet. Um, right. So the last question that I'm going to ask, um, and you can still answer that too, if you if there's any part of that you want to answer. What was it yeah. like? What's your experience? Yeah, I don't think so because I can't answer that in honesty for my own experience. I mean, I yeah. can talk about what I've witnessed from other people and what I've heard, but I I can't talk about my own experience and I, I feel like that wouldn't really be right to answer it. Yeah. Um, and then the last is, do you think it's necessary and, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, that is, this is, um, this is good. I, you know, I don't, I, I do definitely feel like there's immense value in learning to tell the truth about your life and what has happened and what has happened, what you, what your part in, and everything has been recognizing your part, taking accountability. Um, you know, although I haven't done an official fourth step yet where you, you know, you, you, it's an active step, you write it down, you write these things down. Um, I have been doing this to some degree all along since I've been getting sober, which is, you know, not even consciously, but to, to be able to see my part in, in things and not, I used to have a, gr a really good phrase. And I, I, I started saying it when I was like a teenager, um, which was, 
my dad, you know, I'd get in trouble or something and my dad would go, what happened? You know, and I, and I would, I would, I would always say, I ended up doing blah, da, da, da. I ended up here. I ended up, you know, I ended up like, if there is a more passive phrase, you know, I ended up somehow I ended up, you know, crashing the car. I ended up sneaking out in the middle of the night. I ended up uh, ditching school. Like, I can't believe it happened, you know, but that, but that is truly like, that's, that's sort of how I lived. And, um, and it's not because I'm an asshole. I just tr- truly didn't take, I just didn't take accountability for myself for yeah. a whole host of reasons. But, and this is the first time where I have started to take accountability. So yeah, I do think it's necessary on, you know, on a, to, to stay sober, physically sober. And we've talked about this in the last ones. I don't know if it's necessarily to stay physically sober, but I do think it's necessary to be a a calm, um, content, at peace human to to learn to take accountability for yourself and what you're, you know, what you've done and what you, what you're doing. Um, so yeah, that's how I would answer that. So, so you, um, how do you interpret step four? Yeah. Um, I thought about this really long and hard and it's really funny cause I'm looking at what I wrote about it a couple weeks ago when I was going through it. Um, you know, for me, what I look at it, when I say, when I, let me read it again really quick. So made a searching and fearless moral inventory. And you had, you had said of ourselves made a searching and right. That's how right. we, mm-hmm. okay, of ourselves made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. You know, I do get hung up always, always. I get hung up on the words, you know, yeah, I hate I know. the word moral in there. I just do like, what is more, you know, morality, like we in, in America, we in our puritanical, like, I just feel like we were so stuck on this, you know, on morality. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's just another shitty choice of words. Um, but when I look at this, when, how do I interpret this? You know, I think of it and, and I am not, I haven't really looked through the big book. I haven't looked through any of the, um, the guidelines that AA gives to work the steps. And I mean, I feel like, um, I feel uh, a bit of like a novice here, but so when they work the steps, do they give you a manual that (laughs) explains this stuff more? (laughs) Well, no, there's the big, there's the PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a dummies. Yeah. There's a AA for dummies. You know, is there really no? Oh, oh, oh! oh. I'm sure there. You know what? There probably is. Okay, probably is. No, but but seriously, no. There's there are many books. There's lots of literature, but there's the big book, which is the big book, and then there's just there's a book called If You Wanted It, and um, just to it's like a you know a concise version, twelve steps and twelve traditions, and it talks about the twelve steps and the twelve traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's where you can really read um what uh, the full step yeah. and what it what and the, the thinking behind it because left to left to those words made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves i mean that there's a lot to be interpreted there yeah right all right so i mean i um you know i i did read a woman's way through the 12 steps and and here she says the common expectation of step four is that we seek out only our sins aa literature even suggests that we use the seven deadly sins you know so when i go through this i'm just kind of like it's one of those yeah. things that i think can go both ways you can interpret these are either as 
what have you done that, you know, what have you done that's wrong? How have you gone and fucked up? So I think there's that side of it. But when I really like, when I think what the, what the spirit of it is, is what are you running from? That's Mm -hmm. what I see when I read this is what Mm -hmm. is it that you're running from? So I interpret this as basically listing out all of the stuff that you, um, that you've shoved down all of the stuff that you have, um, run away from abandoned and, you know, fear, you know, like basically when it says fearless and searching, I just think it's all of the stuff that, that we otherwise would rather not have (laughs) either done or possessed or, you know, I mean, anything along those lines, just this, it's our stuff. It's our stuff. So that's, that's how I interpret it. Um, the next question is for it, did I do it? And, um, you know, so I, I did in a different way. I didn't do it in the spirit of, of the 12 steps, but I very early on, one of the first things that I did was as part of um, one of the, I've written about this. Uh, I used a book called May Cause Miracles by Gabby Bernstein. And one of the first thing that she has you do is she has you go through and, and write out a list of all your fears. And, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, this is, you know, the interesting thing for me is when I was, when I was drinking and when I was basically running from my life, I just, I can so remember, I hated to do the dishes. Like I just, for some reason, (laughs) and I hated, or the monotonous, monotonous chores. Like I hated to do the laundry because in those moments of doing that, for some reason in those moments, that was when the stuff would come up and I, I literally would get these thoughts of um, like things that I had done. Like, uh-huh. like maybe something as simple as being, you know, crazy with a man or maybe something like um, lying to somebody and being right. afraid of getting, you know, whatever it was. And I remember I would be like, but as soon as the thought would come up, I would like literally shake my head. No. And like, <laughs> Oh my God. I did that and, every day. I know. But do you know what I'm talking about? Like shake my head. No. Yes. And then, like turn and go find something to numb it out. Right. And so like, I never did my laundry or my dishes sober because so I funny. had to numb myself out so much because in those times, all this stuff would come up. And I would, I would literally physically shake my head no, and then turn and look for the numbing agent yeah, to escape it. And so when I, one of the first things I did and I was, I had stopped drinking and then I started drinking again. This is January, 2013. I got this book and she had you write out all your fears. Well, I'd never, like, I, I was not used to doing that. I was used to running from my fears. Right. And so I sat down one night and, um, stoned and I'm sure with a glass of wine and, um, <laughs> I wrote out all the stuff that I was afraid of. I I let it all come out. And when I let it come out, I mean, the list was very long. I was afraid, like, I mean, and and it was, it was my shit, you know, it was my searching and fearless moral, like whatever inventory. I wouldn't say moral inventory, but it was, you know, it was was an inventory of sorts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've got it on my blog. I've posted it before, but there was like 43 things and they were mm-hmm. anything from, I am afraid that I am killing my cat. I'm afraid that I've been a bad daughter and a bad mother or bad, yeah. bad daughter, bad sister. I am, mm-hmm. um, I'm afraid that I've harmed my health for good. I'm afraid I'm going to always be addicted to substances. I'm afraid that I've gossiped about somebody and it's going to mm. get back to them. I'm afraid that I am going to fail. Lose. I mean, like the list was long and extensive and it was all of it. And then 
you know, so I did, I did do it. I went through on some level and maybe not in the spirit exactly of like, I didn't go through and say, what's every sin I've ever done with all of my stuff, because I'm still uncovering that. I mean, of course, to think that you can get all this stuff out in one sitting is, you know. Right. Well, and that's part of it too, is that it, this is something that's meant to be done multiple times right? yeah, yeah you do you do it forever times. yeah mm-hmm. and I still do that like I'll still like stop myself and say what is it that's on my mind what is it that I'm running from right now and actually like mm-hmm. pull it out and write it on paper and then be with it and realize it's you know and, and do the do the same work that I've done before so yeah I did on I did I did a very very deep dive into all the stuff that I was um that I was running from and for me um sorry go ahead no 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 Okay. Um, the, the, the next question to it is, you know, what was it like and what was my experience? And, um, it was so freeing. Like I, I, I had no idea. Like I always thought that you just had to keep running from this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I really mm-hmm. truly believed that freedom was just, <laughs> was if it didn't catch you. And, um, when <laughs> I, <laughs> and when I actually put it all on paper, And I actually like sat with it and was, and then also like started to really pull it apart. You know, I would look at these things and, and be like, and flip it or, or, you know, really like, I guess, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do something like similar. I'm thinking like Byron Katie, like doing the work on it, but I didn't do anything that extensive, but I did turn it around and, you know, the exercise was I choose to see love instead of this. And, but when I had those fears out and, you know, in the light of day, they just weren't, it wasn't so bad, you know? And, and then when I actually had pulled yeah. them out and I wasn't sitting on them and stuffing them down, I was actually like pulling them out. You can just imagine like, it was like a cancer growing inside. Right. And mm-hmm. then pulling it out was just like removing the, you know, the, the, it was like literally pulling the rotting tissue out and I was totally I mean, free, free. And so, um, the last question is, do I think it's necessary? How do I feel about it? I think it's, this is one of the, I think, you know, digging deep and pulling your stuff out and not in a way, like not in a, not to be punitive with yourself, not to rake yourself over the coals, not to sit in guilt over it, not to prove how bad of a person you are, but just to be free of it and get out of you. I think it's, I think, I think it's absolutely necessary as, as, you know, because otherwise, like I said, I would have those thoughts. I would literally turn and go light, you know, like just, I would bake it and I would. Oh yeah. You can't, you, right. You can't, you can't do it. You can't face it. No, nope, I no, know. No. So, so yeah. yeah, you, um, you totally, I, when I was thinking about this stuff and reading it before the show, I was thinking of just the running, you know, the constant running and, that that we always think that the you know step five is where we get into sort of the next piece of this but we always think that our that we are the worst you know that that these things cannot be faced that if anyone knew they you know we would just vaporize or something and um it's always much more scary than it than it is in reality and there's a saying in a that you know you're as sick as your secrets and i think this is um what you described is kind of like that, you know, you you are as sick as your secrets, no matter what they are, if they are, they're, they're, they, 
stay in you like a cancer, you know, and, and they grow and they, and that includes lies and, you know, well, they and, run your life. I mean, they yeah. run your life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we agree on that one, even though the approaches might be different. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the same result, you know, like different approach, same result, pulling mm-hmm. their stuff out. Yeah. All right. So step five. Um, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Right. So the first question to you is, how do you interpret that? Um, this is probably the most the most literal to actually interpret because I th- I feel like it's it doesn't use language that's um, confusing or you know there aren't words in there that trip me up like there are in some of the other steps. I think, you know, this is about, this is about taking those things. It's not enough in my experience to just write those things down and know them for yourself in my experience. Right. So my interpretation is that, that, that when this was written, they, they, they understood and perceived that there's immense healing value in sharing, not just with yourself, but to God or whatever you, you know, higher powers, universe, and to another human being, the, exactly what happened you know having someone witness like can I get a witness to these things um that's how I interpret it I I don't think it I don't think it requires a whole lot of interpretation for me I think it's kind of pretty literal okay all right so then the second question to it is uh, did you do it (laughs) which we know yeah, no, I didn't. I haven't done the fifth step as it as it has been told. But I will say this is this is one of those where I have done it a lot um, through getting sober, mm-hmm. and I I attribute that to beginning to tell the truth about things and being in room in meetings in rooms and watching people start to tell the truth, like about what happened and not be ashamed and not be, you know, like the thing, some of the things I started to, that I heard in, in, you know, meetings were like, just shocking to me that a people talked like that, <laughs> that they described these things in the way I felt and things that I did or, you know, in, and without any sort of shame, you know, like I, it just was unfathomable to me. I could not I could not believe it. And then to start to do that and start to do it for myself. And, you know, I do that with you. Like I find tremendous healing value in talking to you or anybody where where it's truth telling, you know, because um, to say the truth about what happened exactly as it is, not shaping it because that is what I did my entire life. Like I shape things in such a way so that it was acceptable, what I thought was acceptable to you or what was acceptable to my, you know, my audience or what was acceptable to me. Yeah. And I never really learned to tell the truth about things. And so while I have not done this step in its entirety, you know, in the, in, in the 12 step format, I do this step. I have learned to do this, this thing of telling the truth and admitting the exact nature of our wrongs, you know, wrongs could sound, you know, right, wrong, duality, all of that. But it's, it, I, th- I think, again, it's like the acceptance of our, our own part, our accountability, and just telling it exactly how it happened um, is, I have done, and I do. I do on a daily basis as much as I can. 
much with as much courage as I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. So the next question is then what is your experience in that? Yeah, I think I kind of just said, um, there has been nothing more helpful to me in maintaining sobriety and feeling at peace and working through things and, um, really learning what my story is like learning what my story is, um, by telling it, you know, as best as I can writing. I mean, that's what I feel like I do when I write is this, you know, telling the truth about what happened to a lot of human beings, whoever wants to read it. Yeah. Um, but that's why I do it, you know, because it's massively therapeutic to me and, and I, on the flip side, I needed to read those things. I needed to hear those stories. So, um, that my experience is that it's, it's life-changing, like completely life-changing, nothing, you know, as cliche as it sounds, there's, there between the step four, the concept of step four and then step five together have been life-changing. Um, those, those, the principles of them, I have not done the steps, but you know, I, those two things have been life-changing for me. Um, and then do I think it's necessary? Yes, I do. I do think it's necessary to, I think it's necessary to tell our story. Um, and I've said this to be before to someone who, someone wrote me about, um, I, I can't remember which letter it was on Ask I Fly. It was either did you did quitting stick the first time or did you lie? It might have been did you lie? And you know, one of my w- w- what I said was like you you have to tell you start by telling the truth. You know, start by tell like telling it to me. Writing it in the letter doesn't count. There's something about telling another human being. You know, saying it in a prayer, saying it to yourself doesn't really count. It's important. But there's something about the alchemy that happens when you tell another human being these things that it, that is alchemy. It changes. It changes. It lifts from you. It it transforms. It uh, allows you to be free of it. Yeah. In my experience, that it is totally necessary. And I don't. I I do not know any exceptions. You know, I just I don't know people that have that try to do this and don't get some relief from it because that's what we're suffering from, right? We're suffering from, among other things, disconnection. Our separateness. Our separateness. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it is so necessary because we realize like there's that amazing quote, um, about, you know, I, I went, uh, the the house was burning and I, I thought I was the only one whose house was burning. I went to the to the roof and I saw all the other houses on fire and you look and just see like, holy shit, I am not the only one. And there's something so beautiful about that. And to, you know, to say, I've heard so many people say, and I've, I've experienced it myself in, you know, you tell the, the thing that you think is unacceptable, unlovable, that makes you, you know, just you not unworthy to be alive as a human. And, and sometimes you're talking about really, really painful things. And, you know, the, a, another person looks at you and just says, okay, 
you know, and you're still there. You're still there. You're still, loved. You're still there. You're, no, you're I, still there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, it's, it's probably, I think one of the, um, I think it's one of the most important parts of this, right? Which is we run around and we have all these stories about ourselves and all these things of why we're so wrong, why we're so bad, why we're so unlovable. And then we actually tell other people and it's just no big deal. Sarah, Sarah Hebola has that quote, <laughs> which is if you've, if you've fucked a zebra, someone else has fucked too. And <laughs> oh God, I love that. Yes, I right? know. Right? Totally. So I mean it's just but we run around and we have these stories about ourselves that nobody could just be worse than I could be, you know? And 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 we actually I mean, believe it. I mean I did. Uh, I'm sure you did too. I thought I was this most disgusting, awful uh, hor- horrid human, you know, that I would do all these things and um, and we're not, you know, we're not. No, like, no. I mean, when I posted that quote, I talked about a very specific thing that I, I mean, I used to do like the, I, I used to, my bulimia was just really off the charts bad. And, um, I used to like, I, I think I, when I wrote that, I wrote, I stuck a fork down my throat to make myself puke. Like when I ran, when I ran, I used to try and use toothbrushes and when I ran out of toothbrushes. Uh, yeah. And I wrote that, but I mean, that's, you know, and that was probably the thing as I was doing, as I was doing it that, you know, and, and then cleaning up my bulimia after, you know, like as I was doing uh-huh. all that stuff, I thought I was the only person in the world, like the only, like, and I had sunk to this just level. And then when I wrote that quote, that Sarah Heepla quote, I put under it some of the things that I thought I was the only person in the world that had done. And somebody was like, I've used a fork too. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just like that specific thing. And, and the truth yeah. is, you know, like we, you know, we, we really do think we're alone in this world and that we're just so fucked up. But the truth is so many of us are, are doing the same things, you know, yeah. we're human, we're human. Right. Um, and when it comes to addiction and alcohol, I mean, it's just like, it's just amplified, you know, yeah. by, by so much because, because it's just painful. It's shameful and painful and we bury it ourselves and, you know, yeah. we think no one could ever know. I mean, I, I yeah. remember thinking that when I was in my marriage and I, and I was deeply unhappy and, and buried under piles of lies. And I just thought there's no way I'm at, I can get out of this. Like telling yeah. the truth isn't an option. You know, it's just not yeah. an option. There has to be another door. You know, I, I want the other door and there's not, there's not, but the, yeah, the, the good news, yeah, the good news is, is that it's never as bad as we think, you know, like that's why I think, I think that is, you know, if you can boil down the why a works or why any recovery meeting works, it's because you're opening that up between people, you know, you're opening up the, sometimes say it's a transmission line, you know, between one, like, you know, beyond right and wrong, you're opening up that, that connection. The common ground, the common ground and the sharing and the stories. And it was really funny. I mean, I didn't, you know, I did AA a little bit, but I also had a a meeting, like a meet, I did a meetup group in, in my apartment and, um, it was called sobriety club for girls. And the first meeting that I had, it was just like, I was, it was with such kindred spirits. I mean, we just sat and laughed about, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just, we sat and laughed about the crazy shit that we did, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing when you can start, when you can share it and, and commiserate and then also oh and laugh, laugh about it. You <laughs> know, like that's the funny, the funniest thing about meetings is, the amount of laughter about really fucked up things, you know, and it, like, it's so like, I've never laughed so hard as I do in meetings. I just, it's so, and it's, 
it's like beautiful laughter, you know, yeah. You're, yeah. it's because you, you know exactly what you're laughing about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, oh God. All right. So what, what was your interpretation of step five? How do you interpret it? Um, can you read it for me again? Of course. Um, one second, please. I'm pull my book out. I'm in my little, my, my podcast chair. I'm like, like my lair. <laughs> I'm on my all. podcast pillow. <laughs> so I have things spread all around me. Okay. So step five is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Okay. Um, so how do I interpret it? Um, I mean, I think it's what we just, I don't think I need to go too much further into it again, going down into the semantics of it. I don't like the wrongs, um, -hmm. because wrong implies that it's wrong. Wrong implies, um, that it shouldn't have happened or that we did something bad. And I really think there's so like, I like the reason I'm so, I have to be really clear. The reason I'm so like "Eh," with this stuff is because I think especially women, um, coming into this already feels so wrong and feels so bad. And yeah. I think that the wording is so important because when you're sitting there and you're scared shitless and you're looking at a list of 12 things that you have to do to heal yourself and you see like wrong, right? It just reinforces this message that what we've done is wrong. And I just don't believe that we, I believe that we each have our own individual paths. You know, just like we were saying at the beginning of this call, there's nothing wrong with the fact that I'm going through this stuff that I'm going through right now as I'm going through it. It's important. I have to go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go back to my entire path. I mean, I go back to age 15 to 17 to 19 to, you know, to the stuff that I did throughout my life. And I could go back and, you know, and tell you all the wrong things that I did, but I think they were all like, I could easily say, but they were the right things. Right. And so I have to be really clear here that I hate the word wrong here. I just do. I think it's so important that we really get an idea that we haven't done anything wrong, that we're not bad, that this isn't a, you know, punishment and, and, and this isn't so much a consequence that this is really, you know, walking this path, all humans all humans can do this work. All humans should do this work. And that just because you have, um, you know, blown it with a, with a chemical substance and just because you are where you are and, and you are, you are doing this work does not mean that you're wrong or that you've, you know, you've, you've, you know, you've done something and that this is punitive. It really truly right. is a privilege to do this work and, and all human beings could benefit from this. So I do, I hate the word wrong here. I do. But yeah. You know what you just made me think of is when I talk to, to my daughter and, and I say, you know, I, I never want to say to her, like, you're bad or, you, yeah. you know, it's, I always say you're behaving badly. Like you're good, but you're behaving badly. Or this morning it was, you're behaving like a jerk. And she was like, I'm not a jerk. And I said, no, you are not a jerk. You are wonderful. You're behaving like a jerk, you know? And so it's kind of like that. It's like these things that you did, you know, you're not wrong, but these things were wrong. You know, these things were, were, um, caused pain for other people or whatever. So I think, that that I just thought of that like this morning because it just happened, you know. I'm but again, was it even wrong? I mean, like I, I don't know. Well, I just want to get into the whole duality. Like my friend Tarek and I are always fighting about this because I hate the idea. Like, 
Like it just, it is what it is. Whatever steps that we ended up took, we did the best that we could do. We did the best that we could do at the time when we were making that just like really, even if it was the dumbest thing we've ever done, it was, it was what was in front of us and we did the best that we could do in all these situations. And so I hate going through this. Like, I just don't, I don't like anything that could, you know, could possibly like be conducive. And I know this might be just being, you know, like a little too I don't know, Tinkerbell about it, but I really hate the idea of thinking like there's something wrong, right? I mean, we do the best that we can do until we know better, until we know better. And then, and then we try again, but. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I guess it's, it's, you know, it's a word, but it's a word in, in a lot of cases, it's a charged word. It's a, it's a very charged word and you can say, you know, is it wrong? Is it, it, was it damaging and wrong that you lied to a bunch of people because you were ashamed of how much you were drinking? Uh, yeah. Yes. No. Is it wrong that you killed somebody in, because you drove drunk or were you just doing the best that you could? Yeah, you probably were. But so I think, you know, yeah, there, there's, de- there's degrees. There's, um, there's a really beautiful, and I can never, I've been looking for this story for years, but I read a really beautiful story when I was first coming through recovery and I think it's an awakening joy but I've still never been able to find it but there's a tribe somewhere that and I'm going to kill it because it's been a couple years since I read it but when whenever anybody breaks the law instead of being punitive instead of you know instead of telling that person how wrong they were they put the person in the middle of a circle and everyone goes around and says something beautiful and redeeming about Mm -hmm. that person and I think if we lived in a society like that where when we did something wrong it wasn't you know there wasn't a punitive response um we didn't you know kill people for killing people and you know we didn't live in the society we lived in then maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal but I do have to say that because we do live in a society that likes to punish people for doing wrong things that I, I just, I don't like the word. I don't like the yeah, word. Yeah. I feel you. I'm, I'm not for it necessarily either. I just, I, I, yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. I mean, the language is, you know, it's 1930s language. It was a different Masculine time. 1930s language. Okay. So anyway, um, so how do I interpret it? Um, I think I interpret it as basically exactly what we have just been talking about, which is speaking your truth um, and, and getting it out. And um, I, I go back to a story of um, a couple of years ago when I was, when I was, I mean, I had been bulimic off and on since I was 18 years old and I had, I had told people about it after, like, I'd be like, Oh, I used to be bulimic, you know, in in periods (laughs) of time when I wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I got really, really into it in 2012 and I was, um, in 2011 actually. And, um, I was with a girlfriend at a bar and I just admitted to her like what I had been doing. And, um, I had never said it to anybody ever while I was actively sick Mm. Um, and just like saying that to her and her saying, instead of going like, oh my God, you've got to stop doing it or there's something wrong with you. She just like grabbed me and said, what can I do? Like, Mm, I'm so sorry you're going through this. And, um, and she, you know, didn't distance herself from me. She did, you know, there was something just so beautiful and freeing about admitting to somebody else. And so I interpret this as, as exactly what it is, which is saying the things, right. Saying all the things that we think that we'd be so unloved for and all the things that scare the shit out of us, um, to like, yeah, like, can I have a witness? Like basically just saying it in, in to, to another human being. Um, that's how I interpret it. Um, for the sake of, for the sake of, of, I mean, really, I see it as for the sake of, of freeing ourselves, but also for the sake of realizing that we're not alone in this and that we're still loved. 
um, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. Yes. That's how I interpret it. Okay. And, um, have you worked it? I think you know the answer to that. Have you worked it? I don't think there's much about me that people don't know. I mean, there's just, you know, there are some things that are still sacred that I don't think everyone needs to know every last little thing. But um, for the most part, I, if I'm doing something or something's going on, and again, just kind of coming back to how we started this whole episode, I mean, this is highly uncomfortable stuff for me to talk about. I go into it and I'm always just like, when, especially when I talk about the man relationship stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of have this moment of, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get clients. I am not going to be taken <laughs> seriously in this space because I, you know, um, sexed message with an asshole, you know, like I think that these things that I do, like, um, that are really just human. I have those moments of, um, God, not wanting to, but I kind of always find myself having to, um, having to like put it all out. So yeah, I do it. I do it actively. I sometimes do it, um, before I'm ready to do it. Um, and I, uh, I find my freedom and I mean, there's, there's just such freedom and, and really nobody having anything on me. And also, um, totally. and, um, and also just, um, putting it all out there and still being like, not just loved, but also respected for it, you know? And, and one of the things I think that's been really surprising about this is, you know, the, my story is I, I didn't mean to really come out as with, I mean, I was always very I was always very clear and honest that I had been struggled, that I'd struggled with alcohol and drugs and, but I never meant to come out, out. And my story was, I, you know, I ended up kind of coming out to everyone at once on, you know, my LinkedIn profile and on my Facebook and, um, and while I was, you know, while I was employed still and, um, that there was something that was so terrifying and frightening about that, but also it was one of the things that was like one of the best moments of my life, which was, mm-hmm. you know, people, um, people started coming up to me and just told me their stuff. I mean, all of it, you know, and right. when we share our stories and when we are brave enough to say, this is what's going on with me, not only do we find we're not alone, not only do we find that we're not like, you know, just leper or this freak or whatever, but also we, we tend to find that people need you to say that so they can say it too. Um, oh my God. Yeah. And I, yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, there was another piece I wanted to add to that as you were saying it and I totally lost it Whoop, right out of my mind. Okay. okay. Yeah, uh, no. And then, um, so did you work it? What was your experience of it? I think you've said, but if you want to add anything, no, I mean, my experience of it is I am, I, I wouldn't have it any other way than for everyone to know every last little thing about me. Um, I really wouldn't. And my experience in it is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what I was going to say is your insides match your outsides, right? You're not. Yeah. You're in, you're into, you have in oh God, integrity, integrity, mm-hmm. right? Your insides match your outsides. Like it's all in line, right? The words right. match, the actions match the thoughts. Right. You're not projecting this thing outside that you aren't, you know, Yeah. and having to continually keep that up, which is exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because I did go through this interesting thing last year and I wrote a blog on it called, um, 
God, poop, ice cream, and spirit, Holly. I remember um, that. <laughs> yeah, because I went through this thing where I had gone through yoga training. I'd gone through like one and I was I was moving my way through my second one. I'd quit my job. I'd started blogging. And I started kind of walking around like I wasn't supposed to have these flaws anymore, right? Like I had uh-huh. gone to this point where I'm not supposed to be depressed and I'm not supposed to be a bitch and I'm not supposed to have a bad day. And I actually started projecting this idea of like, well, you know, like I have, I've done all this stuff and I'm holding myself out as this. So I've got to match it. And it became so, so terribly um, uncomfortable and depressing. And so I bet you were really annoying at that time too. Oh, I was. Well, I was trying my best. I wasn't so annoying. I wasn't so annoying as I was just, I was really depressed. I was, I was just, and I was so deeply confused. I was like, I've done all this work and now I'm, you know, and I was, I was hiding, I was starting to hide my stuff. And that's why it's so, I I think it's so important that no matter, I mean, that no matter, you know, kind of was going back to what I was just saying. I mean, I go through this stuff and I fear like I'm going to lose business. I'm going to, you know, or I'm, you know, I'm going to be seen as, I'm not going to be taken as seriously, but I think it's so important important that no matter how far we go on our path, we constantly, all of us, no matter, no matter like how far we go in our spiritual path or whatever, whatever the, you know, the term is and our growth, um, that we're consistently honest about our insecurities and our, and our humanness because totally. there's, you know, there's just this like trajectory of like, you know, when you've gone and done all that work of, of holding up, like, you know, there's just a, it's called like spiritual ego, right? Like you go and you, you all of a sudden have a brand new ego that you have to furnish, which is, um, which I think is even worse. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that was my experience or what was it like, or I don't know, but, um, do you think it's necessary? Yeah. I think we have to tell our truth Mm -hmm. to other people. Me too. To all the people. I yeah, and that, I, I, that like we, sorry, I'll, I'll, the, I think when we do that, I think that's the, I think that's the thing that I try and promote the most, which is please tell your truth, please stand up and and like and air your shit and talk about your stuff because when you do it and I do it and then she does it and he does it and when we all do it then there's just nothing left to hide and we can all be ourselves and we have to you know we can like get out of this Facebook culture of putting on a show and putting on a portfolio page with our you know and and I'm not to say I'm not guilty of this I mean I only put pretty pictures of me up let's be honest but um, (laughs) like when we get to the point where we can just stop fucking around and be who we are and then everyone else gets to be who they are you know right totally yeah I do. it's so necessary not just for sobriety but just for for a, a healed world so yes sorry um i thought the ambulance was outside of my house no. we're in the same room no oh downtown um okay so then moving along i'm gonna move us to number six Mm-hmm. Um, are you ready? I am. Okay. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. <laughs> <laughs> How do you interpret it, Laura? Yeah. I hate the words of this step. I mean, I, I can, I hate them. I think that the character defects throughout the whole, um, uh, through the whole book is just a really icky choice of words for me I just don't I don't think that way I don't resonate with it it bugs me badly but um 
the way that I interpret it when I get out, you know, when I try to pull the essence of what this is actually trying to say is there are, there are things that we cling to about ourselves that cause us pain and get in the way of loving other people, of being able to be vulnerable, of being compassionate, of being um, trustworthy, of, you know, opening our heart. And to me, this is like dealing with all the, all of those things, you know, I'm willing to give up my, my anger, I'm willing to give up my rage, the things that, you know, okay, now we've, now we've dealt with the, the, the drinking, you know, it's the symptom of, of drinking. What is underneath, you know, what is it, what is it that we do that we hold on to our little, you know, our patterns and our habits that keep us stuck? What are we willing to let go of? And you know, martyrdom, rage. I said that, but I turned out I had a lot of anger. Um, I learned, and you know, self righteousness, um, pride. It goes on and on, right? Dishonesty, whatever. This to me says I'm willing. I'm willing to let to to give all of that up. Um, and this is a step. Okay, so that's how I interpret it. That's how I interpret it. Okay. Um, did you do it? No. Um, I, no, I haven't done it. And you know, and you haven't is- done it in the same sense. Like you've done, cause you've kind of have said I've done four and five on some level, not, not officially, but I've done them. I have, I think I'm very much learning this, you know, like seeing what my stuff is. I still have a big blind spot about what my, what some of my stuff is. It's, um, which probably means that one of my things is like, you know, I'm self-righteous or I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, human. I, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. I, I, I do, I do, you know, one of my, my prayer every morning is, and this is like a third step prayer, but it's very much about step six too, is like, let me, you know, let me align my will with yours. Let me, let me see the way that you see. Let me act the way that you act, you know, let, free me of like my, my ego stuff, my, my resentments and my anger and my self-righteousness and my self-pity and all of that. Like take that from me and be willing to give it up. I mean, there's like a big joke in, in AA about, you know, I'm willing to give up certain things, but I'm just going to hold on to other things that are really working for me. You know, this, the anger really works for me. Like I get to charge, I get a charge out of that. I get a charge out of being able to be angry. And I'm specifically talking about me. Like I'm a, not an angry person, but I, I have, I, I get a charge from being angry, you know, and I don't think it's necessarily unhealthy either. I spend a lot of time thinking that I was wrong about everything, you know, and, and sometimes anger allows you to claim your space. And so, yeah, I, I, I think I've done it in pieces, but I can't say like, I don't consciously sit there and go, take this from me, take that from me, take this from me. But in certain situations like this weekend, I did say, you know, take some judgment from me, take some, take some self-righteousness from me, take some, you know, and this is not about people who are drinking. It was about, um, a relationship 
So yeah, I think I do it to some degree, but I, this is like, I'm baby steps into this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what's your experience in doing that then? <sighs> it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard to say here, have that, have this, because you know, the honest truth, like part of me goes, I gave up alcohol. I'm entitled to yeah, right. X, Y, Z. Totally. I fucking give up alcohol. I can be a dick. I can be a total asshole in this area. You know, I, I truly, I do that. And, um, luckily I can see myself doing it, but it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure it's freeing too, but I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Then I guess the last, the last question for you on step six is, do you think it's necessary and how do you feel about it? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's necessary yet. Do I think it's necessary to be, to acknowledge our shit and, you know, and where we are, you know, where we fall short and where we all, yeah, of course I do. I, I do. Um, and that's how I feel about it. I don't know that I have a whole lot more to add. I feel like step four and five are so powerful. And then step six is like this kind of, oh, womp, womp. Like, I don't want to give all my things up. <laughs> I don't want to give all my, I don't want to, I don't want to dissect my, you know, like stuff and like give things up one by one. Cause I like some of those things. I like my pride. I like my, yeah. yeah. So so I don't know. I, I, I feel about it. I'm a little indifferent now. I would love to revisit this one after I've actually gone through it and understood how it's meant to be understood through, <laughs> through the 12 steps, you know, through reading the entire step. And this is one of those steps that even when I read it, like when I go to big meetings and stuff, I read it and it's just like the word just like ping, ping, ping off my forehead. Like I'm just not yeah. absorbing it. So. I imagine like they drive you out to a field where there's an altar and they say, okay, now <laughs> Get on your knees. <laughs> there's, there's the place we do it at. Right. Put um, your, put your <laughs> anger in the ground now. <laughs> okay. And don't come back until. Um. It's funny. <laughs> okay. So back at you. Um. So do you want me to read it? Yes, I'll read it. please. I'll read it, my dear. Step six says, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Yeah. So I have written about this extensively because again, I come to this with a very um, feminist, not feminist, but yeah, I guess feminist and feminine approach to this. Meaning um, I think these steps were written in 1939 by two white men in America. And mm -hmm. I, um, I, and I'm just being honest about that. That's the, like probably one of my Achilles heel. It's also where some of my strength comes from in this. Um, but it's, um, it just, I think this, I think the wording of it is atrocious just, um, you know, because especially for a woman that's coming into this, um, you know, we like, like I've, I've, I've written very extensively about this one particular step because I think women, especially women in, you know, 2015 in America are, you know, are, are on their knees asking for God to remove all of what's wrong with them to begin with. I don't mm -hmm. think that that's something that we need any help doing. I think like for me, my prayer was just 
take it away. Make me something else. Make me different. Please take this, take this, take, you know, take away all of this stuff um, that I am. Yeah. All of my defects of character. And I could have told you every last little single defect of character. I, I, I still can, you know, I've got them. I've still got those. I still have those running around. And I just don't think that's, that's helpful. I think that um, Debbie Ford's work was really, you know, um, I think fundamental for me um, to kind of really see the um, insanity and, 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 and what that is when we ask to be something different. I think for me, it was the, the shift was, accepting that those parts of me instead of like like I was talking about that in that article poop ice cream and spirit holly the my problem in that time last year was I was trying to be something else and I wanted all those parts to just go away I wanted I, I I repressed them I prayed for them to be something different and in the end what what healed me and saved me was actually instead of cutting those parts off and discarding them was actually absorbing them into the whole I think when we I think we create pathologies we really try and be something that we're not and so when we you know for me it's it's you know she she has Debbie Ford and in, in the dark side of the light chasers talk right about I was like I was trying to remember she's the dark side of the light chasers mm-hmm. yeah yeah and she's passed on now she has a, the the Debbie Ford Institute which is wonderful and um but she has this, um, she has this really great, uh, there's this great um, part in that book where she talks about how she'd spent $50,000 in X amount of years going through self-help and she was still miserable. And one day she's at this seminar and some leadership conference and she's on stage and she's talking and the leader and the, the facilitator interrupts her and says, you're a bitch. And she like had this moment of in her mind, like just, um, basically like going, Oh my God, how did she know? Like I've been found out because she'd been <laughs> trying for, she'd been spending all that money and trying to not be a bitch. Right. And the truth was that sometimes she was a bitch and that no matter how much we grow and how much we work and how much we do, we always are going to have these quote unquote character flaws um, because we're human and that's what makes us human. That's what makes us human. If we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. Right. And so when I come back to this, I think the work is not to sit around and go, God, please, please take away, you know, all of this shit that I hate about myself. I think it's, um, you know, like Tasha Silver, you know, her change me prayers, change me into a person that can love this part about me, you know, help me accept these parts about myself so that they don't become, you know, pathologies. They don't run my behavior. And so for me, the difference has been instead of like, when I am, when I act out of line or when I do something that I'm that is, that is out of integrity or that is, that is something that I would, you know, I'd rather not do. Um, like for instance, if I gossip, if I gossip, you know, if I get pulled into something and I say something about someone else, um, and that's a big one for me. It's one of my biggest, I think, um, like, um, stealing someone else's reputation. I think for me, like gossip is kind of one of those things that I am very, very, um, careful about just because I'm a huge gossiper, you know? I I know. Same. And so for me, it's just always like, I know something's off when I'm trying to dismantle someone else's character. I know that it's, there's something else going on with me, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean that that part of me doesn't exist. It's just not as big as it used to be. But if I try and pretend that I don't gossip and I say, God, take away this gossipy, you know, whatever, then, you know, I'm denying a part of me that, that exists. And if I instead say I've gossiped before, and sometimes I get pulled into it and I can just accept that that part of me exists and I can be, you know, cognizant of it and, and forgive myself, then it's a much different experience. So that's the first part. 
for me. But the second part of this as well, I think is, um, is if they, the truth is, and I, I study the Bhagavad Gita, which is, um, really focuses on renunciation, renunciation Mm -hmm. of good and bad. So I can take this step. If this is handing everything over to God, I can take it. If we're saying, if we're talking about not like at the end of the day, handing it over and just saying like, thy will be done, work through me, all of that great stuff. And at the end of the day, handing over not only our shit, but also our successes, if we can hand it all over, um, then I can be okay with this. But if we're just talking about, please change me to like, please, please take away all the bad stuff and just, I, I don't think that's the way that people find peace. I think that's the way that people totally. get in trouble. So yeah. that's how I interpret it. I interpret it as a terribly, terribly written step. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel you on all of that. I really do. Um, okay. So do you, have you worked this step? <laughs> I'm, yeah, for most of my life. And that's why I drank. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know what, I think it's one of those that that is worth reading the whole step, both of us, because I, you know, I have the same exact um, reaction to it that you do. I really do. And I think that doesn't mean it's right just because like there might be more literature. I mean, like, like I said, I, 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 I think what I've stated already is how do I interpret it is it kind of like encompasses all of this, you know, which I think I've said plenty. I think I've answered, did I do it? What was it like? What was my experience? And do I think it's necessary? I mean, I'll just sum it up. I think it's, I think what's necessary is that we accept who we are and, 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 and love ourselves and love all of it, love the whole entire package, especially those things we think of as character defects. Um, and that at the end of the day, we surrender it over. I think, I think that a healthy, a healthier way and a more applicable way, um, is by, is by basically helping us to somehow absorb all of who we are. Um, and, um, and, and and surrender it over at the end of the day, the good and the bad. And and that's really all I'll get into it. And I think those things that I was just saying are, are a necessary part of it, but those aren't really what the step is implying. That's making, that's kind of me really yeah. taking a creative license with it. And if I were to do that, then I could add <laughs> in, you know, 20 more steps that I think should be done. Um, you know, and so I think in its, in its, in this, in the spirit, I interpret it in the words that it's written. I just think it's really, really, um, I don't think it's applicable to uh, a large demographic, maybe to some, you know, maybe, maybe to some people, this is absolutely necessary, but when I read it, I recoil. Yeah. No, that's fair. Is that clear enough? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear you <laughs> loud and clear. Uh, yeah, I get really so, worked up about that one. It's funny. I know. I know. Um, yeah, whenever I mean there are, don't get me wrong, there are lots of parts where I read and I and I just go, ah. But you know, that's okay. That's fine. I it means, you know, paying attention. I think one of the best things that I that someone said recently um to me and did I maybe I said this in the last episode was that you don't have to take any of this literally you just have to take it seriously and I I love that that. you know so right so that I think that was it right we are 
we wrapped up step six. Yeah. And we talked a lot. Yeah. (laughs) My body is sore, which is always a good indication that we've sat. It's done. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, cool. So then I think we'll just say that that's it. And, um, we haven't really discussed what we're going to be doing for the next episode because Laura and I are still flying by the seat of our pants in this, but, um, here's some exciting news in a couple of weeks. I'm on my way to you. Um, we're going to, we're going to rendezvous in Boston and we are going to hopefully create an editorial calendar for this. And, um, then we're heading to Washington DC for unite to face addiction, which is fantastic and exciting. So excited. Going to meet so many people that I've only like in real life, IRL that I have only known online. I'm so it's going to be bizarre and trippy. Yeah, I know. There's like 28 of us or something going to a dinner um, on Saturday night, and it's it's going to be funny and fun and amazing. Yeah, I'm so. really looking forward to it. Um, Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that is it. My ass hurts so bad. Um, My ass hurts worse than yours. I don't think so. Um, okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. Adios. Sayonara. Bye. Is that what they say, San Franciscan? I don't know. I've never heard that. I also had a dream about San Francisco last night.